Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning online. Beery, wherever you are, great to be here. Um, it's always one of those uh, challenges I find when, when uh, you're asked to share and think, goodness me, what, what are we going to talk about? Anyway, you go into that sort of praying mode and think, God, I don't want this to be me, I want it to be you. So um, I, I was brought, in, brought to my mind about how easy it is to the Two of, the, two of the main tactics of the enemy, one is discouragement and the other is distraction, the two disses. Um, and I was reading from Nehemiah and the main thing that poor old Nehemiah, he had the vision to rebuild Jerusalem, but all the time he had discouragement. He, all the time he had people that tell him it couldn't be done. All the time he was, they tried to make a fool of him. And, um, you know, the, the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy for every one of us. There's one, he has one aim once we know Christ and that is to make us ineffective. He's already lost the first aim. We've, we're already on our way to heaven if we've received Christ. So his one aim is to make us ineffective. His one aim is to distract us from the main cause of what he's called us to do or to discourage us. So we think, oh, what's the use? And um, I just want to, this morning I feel God saying, let's have a look at this. And um, there's, a few, there's quite a few examples in scripture. And one of them was Nehemiah that became so discouraged and yet he pushed on. He kept that uh, dream in front of him to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, Nehemiah in um, 2 says, And then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in? Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we'll no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let's, and this was the, the guys that were helping him. So Nehemiah put out this vision and they said, let's start rebuilding. And so they began the work. But when Sanballat, the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us, despised us and said, what is this thing you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? And Nehemiah in 2.20 answered, so I answered them and he said to them, the God of heaven will prosper us, therefore we will, we, therefore we his servants will arise and build but you have no heritage or right in the memorial in Jerusalem. You know, it, it was, Nehemiah pushed through. He went back after all this discouragement was heaped on him. And that's just a couple of little verses there. But it sort of goes through the whole lot that he went through trying to build uh, this ruins of Jerusalem um, because it, God had put it on their heart. Um, but these guys were trying to pull him down all the time. I wonder if there's things in our life that that we felt God leading us to and yet 
There's always this, this somebody's trying to pull it down. Somebody's always saying, you've got to be kidding me, you're a clown. And, and keep putting that out there. David was another one. David, um, you think David's always feeling victorious and he makes all these, you know, he came against Goliath and, and he saw what God had done there. But then David was in battle at one stage and while they were out in battle, the enemies came in and raided their camp. And not just took all their stuff, but they came to, to their camp and they took their families, they took their wives and their children and, and they got back to find all the families had gone. That would be bad enough for David, but not only that, because it had happened to all the, the, others, the, the other men, they were talking about stoning David. They were blaming him. It's sort of like being the Prime Minister. You just copped a lot, no matter who, whose fault it is. And, um, and in 1 Samuel 30, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each was bitter in spirit because, their sons, because of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And to go to other, uh, other translations itself, David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, God is the one we go to when we're feeling discouraged, when things are against us. We don't look for people or circumstances, but we go to God and... Uh, and we sort of knuckle down and say, God, what's going on here? And we remember how he's got us through things in the past. And, um, you know, Darcy was sharing there around communion time. We need to listen for the answers. God will speak to us. God will come through. But we, you know, as um, Paul went to, to God, he said, we, after he'd had the, uh, Jesus appeared to him, he said, what will you have me do? And we need to ask that same question. What will we have do so you know there's there's lots of lessons that we can learn from from scripture i remember about 25 years ago and uh things weren't looking too good on the farm every year the the price of sheep had dropped and they were worth three dollars each so we thought well we'll sell all the sheep and we'll try and make something out of them so we took all the skins back from the abattoirs and we tanned the skins and thought well maybe i'll sell the skins for a little bit but things got pretty pretty grim and um, the farm was sort of losing money every year and I thought how long is this going to go for and I, re I remember praying in the morning it was on a Sunday morning and I'm, I remember praying and saying God is, is this a time to, to sell and get out or is this a time to knuckle down and work harder and Pastor Ken was preaching at the time and he I remember him saying he had no idea what I'd been praying just just you know, an hour or two before. And he was, he spoke on Elijah when the, the stream dried up. It was time to move on. And God spoke to me and said, it's time to sell the farm. Well, it didn't happen straight away. It took five years before we could sell it. And in the meantime, I remember there was days when I, and we were running a, also running a nursery at the time to try and make a bit extra on the farm. And there were days when I just couldn't even drag myself to work. It was, you just, everything was, everything you did just didn't seem worth it. You felt it was discouragement to, to the, you know, nth degree. And you just, it was sort of like depression and a fog closed in and you couldn't see a way out. And I remember just pushing through that. 
and coming back to the fact that God had always provided and he always would. And um, I couldn't see the way out. Eventually we prayed about strategies and we managed to sell off some parts of the farm and subdivide it and we eventually sold it. And um, But I remember that just a dark time and, and, uh, and just how horrible it was going to work every day with, um, with no motivation. I, when I think of, you know, and that must have been how, how David felt. Here he was, he got home, his family had gone, they'd taken everything. And, um, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes that's all we have when, when we're in a, <coughs> in a dark place like that. And so I was reading from, from Joshua, listening to some podcasts. We were um, studying for our in our home group, and we we heard the podcast in Joshua when Joshua he'd crossed the he'd crossed the Jordan River, and he'd built, and they took the stones out of the river. God had just done this amazing miracle. The Jordan River was in flood, and God sort of replicated the miracle of the Red Sea, but He did it in the Jordan River, so that they all walked through, uh, and there was a lot of them because they had forty thousand soldiers there and then there was all the men women and children that weren't soldiers that crossed the river and um and they took the stones out of the river to remind them and they built they built um an altar there just to remember as an altar of remembrance and uh, remember that god had delivered them and held back the waters uh so they could cross to the promised land and um in joshua 4 I'll just read there in Joshua 4. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and and ran at, at flood stage as before. And on the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal, on the eastern side of the border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones that he had taken up out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the the Jordan before you and crossed over. And the Lord God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea, and when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And in uh, a bit further on uh, from chapter 4, we go into chapter 10, and Joshua had returned. He'd just been out to battle, and after he defeated all the southern armies, he returned to the camp at Gilgal. And that was a place of remembrance. It's a place that he came, he set it up, he remembered, he, he, he set that up to remind him and remind all of Israel how, God's, how mighty God's hand was. He could, the river's in flood, and I don't know how wide the Jordan River is, but it's pretty big, and it was in flood. And he, 
they went through on dry ground. How quick and easy it is to forget that God's how capable God is at, at making a way for us. And if we're struggling today or any day, it's that place, and the, the title of this, is, of this message is coming back to your Gilgal, coming back to your place of remembrance. It's stopping, shutting out all the negative stuff, all the discouragement and all the distractions that's going on and saying, okay, God has got me to this place so far. And what's the next step? And, um, and as Darcy shared around communion, we need to listen to that next step. We need to tune into what God's saying to us. But don't panic. Come back to that place. Come back to that place of solitude. And, um, you know, it's interesting to read on through Joshua and some of the, the lessons that he had to learn um, you know, later on, um, before he took on the combined northern armies, that they all came against Joshua. And, um, but in chapter 11, he says he sought direction from the Lord. He had learned his lesson. And this was after he'd already uh, he'd be, learned his lesson about being defeated at AI, when they sort of went out and said, oh, look, we don't need many guys for this battle. We'll just go and do it anyway. And they got soundly thrashed because they didn't ask God. And uh, so we'd learned some of the lessons the, the hard way. But here they were facing the northern armies. And um, it, it says in there in chapter 11, it says, before he took on the northern armies, the, 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 the horses and chariots of those armies were just vast hordes as sand in the sea. So you can imagine his, his poor little Joshua with his 40,000 soldiers looking out at the valleys and there's just horses and chariots and all the armies from five different countries had come against him as far as the eye could see it looked like sand on the sea but he consulted God and and God gave him courage and they defeated they defeated all those northern armies and continued but he came back to his Gilgal he came back to remembering okay God's delivered us here he delivered, they came back to Jericho when they got it, followed his instructions just after they crossed the Jordan and the walls of Jericho fell down. They came back to remembrance and to remember. And that was their Gilgal, that was their coming back to remember and placing themselves and recognising uh, that God was their source of victory and not themselves. So if we're going through stuff in our lives, let's come back to remembering that God has always been for us and, um, and learn to, to stay on track and say, okay, I, I've lost my way, but God, you show me the next step. You show me where we're going. And um, we, need, we need to take dominion over what God's called us to do and we need to stay on our assignment and not get distracted. And, uh, you know, Jesus said... <coughs> set that example when he um when he was tempted by satan and he went into the wilderness but he always came back to what god's word said he always answered him with god's word and um scriptures tell us to seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness the kingdom of god is not somewhere else it's it's the life of god in us um it's the kingdom of god that lives within us 
And so, you know, we can know God intimately. We need, we need to tune in to hear that voice. Um, through, firstly, our, our prayer life, it's not just a quick prayer, although they, they can be good and necessary, but we need to spend time to, to listen and pray in the Spirit to, to really just say, okay, God, and, um, and get into that prayer life. Secondly, there's the intimacy with God, which is broader than prayer. It's simply, it's about sitting and listening. It's about just pouring out our heart and pouring through the scriptures and blocking out time. Sometimes we not need to set a day or half a day just to go bush and pray and let God speak to us through his word. So we have that intimate relationship, not just rattle off a prayer that's uh, easy to do, sometimes necessary if we're in the middle of something that we can't stop but we need to block out time to be with God. And then we need to learn scripture and, and dig deep wells for our souls. As, um, yeah, it, deep, digging deep wells mean we're, we're getting resources for when th- things are dry, for when the tough times come. And um, we need to d- dig deep wells that will sustain us on a long journey. Uh, and when we go into battles, we're able to stand on those scriptures and we're able to remember. So it's all part of coming back to Gilgal, remembering what God has for us, what he's done for us, and that he'll take us on. And then there's spiritual warfare too. And that's just not a quick and easy prayer, but it's remembering the enemy doesn't stop day or night. The battles, the battles can get stronger, but we get fitter. And... Um, Scriptures tell us to put on the full armour of God. It didn't tell us to just put it on every day. It says once you put it on, you keep it on. Um, and I won't go into all that in Ephesians, but the helmet of salvation and the, the breastplate of righteousness and, and all those, uh, um, the armour that he talks about. And to, to pray in the Spirit on that scripture, it says pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And then we need to be led of the Lord. We need to hear from him. We need to learn to tune into his voice when there's so many pulling us in different directions. We need to recognise what God is saying. And um, a lesson, too, from Joshua. The Gibeonites came and, you know, Joshua was not supposed to make a treaty with other people in the land, but the Gibeonites came along and, and lied to them and uh, dressed up in rags and made out they'd come from a long way off and said, you know, we want to be your friends and away they went. But Joshua forgot to ask the Lord. He said, oh, fair enough, you've come from a long way. And then afterwards found out they were from the neighbouring town and they, they had all these um, hanger-oners, the... the uh, false idols and that so the only way they could get around it was make them all servants and slaves um, so they didn't start to uh, affect them too much but again Joshua learnt the lesson the hard way he didn't ask the Lord he didn't he'd forgotten to to ask the Lord before it happened and how easy that is we can assume things and uh, I remember going into to business with a um, couple of guys once and it all sounded good 
and uh, I wanted someone to help pay the rent, so we started growing the shiitake mushrooms that some of you will remember. And a little bit into it, I'm thinking, mm, this doesn't feel right. I didn't ask God first. And, um, you know, after a few years, and it, it was a real distraction, a real distraction from my business to, to be doing this, uh, growing these mushrooms. So I prayed for God to give me a way out. Well, how is this going to work? Anyway, it was amazing that the, the morning I prayed and I went across to see how the guys were going and he gave me a way out straight away and I said, okay, guys, I'll solve your problem straight off. I'm out of here. You can keep my share. I just, you know. Anyway, they felt bad about that so they wanted to pay me out my share then. So that was a bonus. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes we seek God and he will provide a way out even when we make mistakes. Even when we... Oh, I should, have, I should have asked first. And, uh, and then you sort of know that after. I thought, oh, no, what idea who you? But uh, he still provides a way out. And, um, and that's coming back to your Gilgal. It's coming back to your place of remembrance and saying, okay, God, I've stuffed up. I'm here. Show me where to now. And um, it's a place where you get fresh vision. And I remember back to that place 25 years ago when, when the farm just wasn't working and God had got me to shift. And, um, and we finally sold the place and we, finally, and we moved where we are now, Barongarook. And, and I was working part-time in a, in a government job as a land care coordinator. And if you've ever worked for the government, you'll know that they change their mind every five minutes and you get a grant for your job in the last six months and then they'll pull the pin on it. Um, and I'm praying again, I've got down, down to what are we doing here? Because I told Mandy Feverd I started another nursery just to hit me over the head. Because I'd, I'd got, I was so depressed and I was so over all that from where we were down, down at Lavis Hill on the farm. And I'd, I was praying for a fresh vision. And, and God did. He gave me, I, I went to bed one night and he gave me, he, I just closed my eyes and um, he said, special effects, special effects nursery. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And um, anyway, we started that and that was nearly 20 years ago now. But um, it's amazing how you just go back to God for that fresh vision and all of a sudden things look different when God puts it in your heart. There's um, a scripture from Isaiah that says, um, but those who trust in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They'll find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And a couple of different um, translations. Some say hope in the Lord. Others say that wait on the Lord. But the bottom line is if we go to God and they I realise that he is our source. He is where we will get that, um, that energy from. And, um, you know, even Jesus, Jesus uh, used to go and get away from it all just to be with God. Um, it was uh, in Mark, Mark 1.35, it says, It was very early in the morning and still dark. Jesus got up and left the house. He went to a, to a place where he could be alone. You know, that's 
that's just what we've got to do sometimes. Don't try and do it in a crowd. Um, pretty hard if you're a mum with kids. you just got to um, leave them asleep and get alone with God. And, and, uh, and Simon and his friends went to look for Jesus and they found him and said, hey, everybody's looking for you. And I, I bet he rolled his eyes and said, yeah, I know. That's why I'm out here. You just sometimes you just need to get away when everybody's looking for you and um and just hear from god and um you know so we as we read in in, in that uh, verse from um isaiah you know the hope hope lies that foundation your hope is in god and you know that he's got a plan for you uh, and his purpose is there and hope lays a a firm foundation for your destiny and your assignment in God. Hope reflects our source for supplies, for needs, for strength and life in us and not outside like the, the letter of the law is, um, is very condemning but our hope is in Christ and he is very forgiving and makes a way for us. And it's when our hope is in him that we have for overcoming roadblocks in life and overcoming the enemy. It says in uh, Colossians 1.27, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this, this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it's Christ in us. It's not something we have to go to somewhere else or a special place. But that is our Gilgal. That is coming back to remember a Christ in us and our relationship. And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to it, his power that is at work within us. And that's the, that's the new covenant. It's him within us. The old covenant was a, a letter of the law, stuff you obeyed or you read. But the new covenant is he that is he that is in us. So it's that intimacy with God is a is the key uh, to any battle. And if you're trying to follow us up there, tech team, I'm down to the last bit. I've skipped the middle bit. So it's intimacy with God is the key to any battle and to keeping life in balance. God's timing is perfect, but we can't force it. But just remember, your Goliath is coming. Your destiny includes Goliaths, but they come to any they come to anyone. But we need to develop our faith, our fight, and our focus, and we need to return to our Gilgal because it's in Him that we come back to that place of remembering where He's why He's got us here, where He's taken us from, and remember those miracles that He's already done in our lives. And he's not going to just drop it there. He's going to take us on Amen. to the next stage. So I'll, uh, I'll leave it there. I've prepared way too much, so we've skipped a chunk there for another time. But um, yeah, I feel God is... There's so many things out there that distract us or that make us discouraged. And God doesn't want us to be discouraged. He wants... To depend on him for our strength, look to him for our vision and, uh, and encourage us to keep going.
Amen. And I'll pass back to the band. Thanks, band.